Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. This is episode 85 of uh, the Ascended Life series. We're on part nine of Accessibility Granted, uh, uh, sorry, of Ascended Life series, but we're on uh, part nine, which I'm calling Accessibility Granted uh, Part C. So we're three parts in Accessibility Granted, and it has to do with everything with the seven places where Jesus shed his blood for our perfect redemption. So I went, I've gone through one through four. I'm going to do five, six, and seven today in Jesus' mighty name. I'll get it done. Uh, but uh, I want to finish this up today because I want to get on to this other series about the re- reality of the new creation what is our reality? Not according to circumstantial evidence, but what is our reality because of what Jesus did? And, and because we were buried with him, we were resurrected with him, we, we were uh, ascended with him, and we sat down in his glory. We sat down in heavenly places. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ, in Christ Jesus. As he sits on the throne of the Father, we sit there ruling and reigning with him. So this is what this whole Ascended Life uh, series is about as well. So anyway, getting back to um, our task at hand today, I want to read one more time the scripture, our scripture reference uh, for these uh, nine parts so far, and that's found in Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, Even so, somebody say even so, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. I want to suggest to you today the truth, the fact, the truth of the matter is that you are no longer a dirty, rotten, scumbag sinner saved by grace. Do not refer to yourself as somebody that has a heart that is deceptively weak, uh, deceitfully wicked and, and incurably sick. This is not who you are. You are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, absolutely on your circumstantial worst day ever. And you are full of God on your worst day. Don't let the enemy fool you. Do not pay attention to what you're going through. Pay attention to who you're going to. Amen. So just a really quick uh, uh, recap. So the reason why I'm talking about the seven places of where Jesus shed his blood is because each place represents us. something that Jesus paid a price for. So the garden, he paid the price. Uh, um, the uh, Everything was lost in the garden, uh, garden, but in the garden of Gethsemane, in the garden of his crushing, uh, when he bled great drops of blood, 
it is the place where redemption started and what was lost in the garden was now regained in the garden so he he, he was he bled in his mouth he, he bled um by his stripes we were healed he bled from his back and the stripes that he bore for our sickness and our diseases and the ravages of sin would be healed and then the crown of thorns was last week and the week before and then his hands his feet and then the seventh place is his side so i'm going to be i'm going to be dealing with the scripture uh in Matthew chapter 27, verses 33 through, through 37. And, and, um, and I'm going to talk about this in, a little bit in depth uh, about uh, where Jesus received the nails in his feet and the nails in his hands and the blood that was shed from his hands and his feet and, and also the blood that was shed when, when they, he, they didn't have to break his legs because they would have to do that because... The, the people that were being crucified back in the day would push up with their legs and, and they would be able to breathe again because it, it's a cross asphyxiation. That's where we get the term crucifixion. It's a cross asphyxiation because the cross, the way they're, they're uh, put upon the cross is that you cannot breathe unless you you can exhale. So that you, you have your, your chest and the weight, there's the gravity on your chest and the weight of your body pushing down on your uh, esophagus and, uh, and, and upon your, your chest and it's pushing down and you're not able to breathe unless you push up. So they would actually come by and break your legs so that you can push up so you can breathe. So then you would be asphyxiated. So um, they didn't have to do that with Jesus because he had had already died. So they came by and they pierced him in the side and blood and water came out of his side. So um, this, this, I want you to add your faith to what happened um, at these moments. And I, and I want you to picture, and I want you to understand what was purchased for you because of the shed blood and the body sacrifice of the creator of the universe. He, his name is the word of God. His name is Jesus Christ. So here we go. The fifth and the sixth place where Jesus bled, Matthew 27, 33 through 37. Um, and when they had come to a place called Golgotha, this is to say the place of the skull, verse 34, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink it. Then they crucified him and they divided his garments and cast lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They, they divided my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. Verse 36, sitting down, they kept watch over him there and they put up over his head the accusation written king of the Jews, Jesus, king of the Jews. By, receive, by Jesus receiving piercings in his feet and his hands, he was paying for every time you would go somewhere, you should never went or touched anyone or anything that you should never have touched. So I want to go just a, a little bit deeper into this area when I talk about the, the, the nails that Jesus received in his feet. And this is a place that where you have gone places 
uh, and I mentioned it earlier, you, you may have walked into um, a situation where there was violence. You may walked into a strip club. You may walked into uh, uh, different places that you never should have gone. You, you, you trespassed somewhere you never should have went, and God paid the price for this. And, and I want to I wanna bring up a, a really uh, good scripture here about Golgotha, the place of the skull. And going back to verse 34, um, uh, actually verse 33, and when they had come to the place called Golgotha, that is the place of the skull. Why is it called the place of the skull? And, and if you go there, you can kind of see that the actual uh, Golgotha or the place where Jesus was crucified, right around that area, there is this, the mountain that kind of looks like a skull, but it has a deeper meaning than even the appearance in the physical realm. Something happened yeah, thousands of years before that to set the stage for the payment to be made in the enemy's head to be crushed once and for all. So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 3, and, and I want to read to you, but I want to just give you a little bit of a backstory about the, the whole Genesis story that we're all very, very familiar with, and that is the, the serpent deceived and, and spoke to Adam and Eve and said, if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely not die, but you will become like the Most High. You'll know the difference between good and evil. And they believed the lie. They had unbelief of what God, you know, said they were and who they were, and they believed the lie. And, and then so the, the great fall happened, and we won't get into that. But starting in verse uh, 14 of Genesis chapter 3 it says, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Okay? Verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So what does that have to do with today? Everything, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely everything, because it was at the place of the skull where Jesus, where Jesus actually, the seed of the woman, actually came down on the head of the serpent, of the enemy of Israel, of the enemy of God. So just to give you a little bit more backstory about this, let's turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, probably one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Old Testament, and we're talking about the, uh, the great battle between Israel and the Philistines, and how 40 days the Philistines came up before the children of Israel and taunted them, and the children of Israel just uh, saber-rattled, and they did not go to war. They did not send out a champion because everyone was afraid. Does that sound familiar? God is looking for some champions, for some, some people to take their place. 
and and not face their enemy like like they did in the Old Testament. They God is looking for some champions that will face Him, and so we're, and you've heard me talk about that a little bit. So I won't go too much more into detail of that. But this is this is what David did, and this is what set up uh, this day at Golgotha, and so Jesus um, is is a, is about to you know, receive the nails in his feet, in his hands, and he's about to be slammed into the ground, and he's about to bring judgment against the enemy and redemption for mankind. And so the heel of Eve's seed, which is Jesus Christ, when it talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it doesn't say that we're descend, we're tapped into the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It talks about being tapped into and, and grafted into the line of Abraham and his seed. That seed is Jesus Christ. This seed of Eve that, that the Bible is talking about in Genesis chapter 3 is the seed of Eve, which is Jesus Christ. And so here we go. The the, the, the this great battle, this great confrontation between David, the, an impossible situation with a nine foot nine uh, uh, giant that he was facing called Goliath of Goth. This was his name was Goliath, and he was from Goth. Remember that. So his older brothers went to battle in First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse thirteen, and their names were Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah. The English definition of Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah is strength, generosity, and spectacular. So you need to understand that when when strength, generosity, and the spectacular go to war, they will never win because it's only David, the beloved. David means the beloved. The beloved will win. Those that are in, in relationship, those that face their God, are able to take out their enemy. Those that face their God, those that have intimacy with their, with, with their God will be able to be empowered to trample on the serpents and the scorpions and over all the works of the evil one. So let's just skip right down to verse for the sake of time. Uh, you can read that through again. Refresh yourself on the, this very popular um, scripture. Let's go down to verse. Um, let's go to twenty-six. And David spoke to them and said, uh, "Who who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God?" And the people answered him in the in the manner, saying, "So shall it be done for the man who kills him." The the uh, Jesse. David's father Jesse would not have to pay taxes, and he would get the hand of the of the daughter of the king if he defeats this awesome foe. Nine foot nine. If you go, if you ever drive through a Tim Hortons or you drive through a drive-through, those those uh, signs say nine foot nine, and you can just imagine when you're driving up to get your coffee sometime or or a, or a snack or something, and and you look at that sign. That sign's nine foot nine generally, and and that is a huge mountain of a man to face. And so we're not guided by circumstantial evidence, and neither was David. And so David David ends up saying, uh, well, let's go back to verse um, twenty-eight. It says. And now Eliab, the oldest son, his name was Strength, uh, brother heard when he spoke to the men of, uh, 
And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, the beloved said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? And that actually that word cause is, and if you listen to my podcast along the way, you'll, you'll remember this, that word cause is not um, a, a matter. It's, it's not uh, a cause to come around and rally around the defeat of cancer or rally around and build somebody a house and that, you know, the house burnt down in the fire or something like that. It's not a, focused around something in the physical. This is far deeper. It, it, it's actually the cause is the Hebrew word dabar, which means spoken word. Is there not a spoken word over our nation? So long story short, and you know the story, David fires the missile against um, Goliath, which was the stone, uh, the projectile. And it actually, you know, went through all the armament around his head, for his forehead, and and uh, actually went and sunk into his skull. And his gift, his talent that he worked on, actually knocked down the enemy. But it was the sword of the enemy. He stood over Goliath. And he pulled out the sword that was forged against David and he pulled it out and he cut the head off of the baddest man on the planet at that time and took the head and and, and raised it up above his head and he, the, the blood running down his arm and showed victory. And then the children of Israel began to chase down um, all the armies of the Philistines right up far, far, far away. And David takes his armor and he puts the armor of Goliath in his tent. And then he takes the head of Goliath and he goes into a place and he, he, he plunges that head. He, he digs a place and he, and he slams that head of Goliath in the side of a hill. The Bible says that hill happens to be the place of the skull. This is what historians, this is what they say about Golgotha, the place of the skull, Goliath of Goth. Do you remember that? Golgotha, the place of the skull. This is where Jesus, where Jesus's heel of his feet and the blood would, would run down that cross and into the ground, paying and crushing the head of the greatest symbolic enemy of Israel. This is one of the greatest stories of a victory. And, and, and Jesus Christ this day is prophetically and poetically uh, being crucified, and we are dying with him by faith, and he is his heel is actually coming down onto the head of the enemy and crushing that that serpent underneath his heel. The bruise is the cross, but the crushing blow came to the enemy that day. Jesus crushed the enemy at Calvary. If he knew, if the enemy knew, he would have he would have brought in life support systems. He would have did whatever he could have done. He would have never allowed Jesus to be crucified at Golgotha, the place, the hill, the place where uh, the David, the king of Israel, buried the head of Goliath of Goth 
in the side of the hill and Jesus's blood went down and, and, and went into that place and absolutely prophetically and actually delivering a death blow. The, the cross where Jesus's feet and Jesus' hands were nailed. Typically, they would just rope, but no, they nailed Jesus' hands and they nailed Jesus' feet to the cross and shed the blood of our King who would later be raised from the dead to, to be the, the one that would be, that would make sure that his will and testament came to pass. So this is amazing. What a day. What a day that was when the heel finally came upon the serpent's head and crushed his head, utterly destroying his grip on humanity. The payment was made. It is finished. Jesus is about to cry out his last breath of words here on the planet. And, and he's about to cry out, Lama, Lama, Sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When he, was, when he was hanging on the cross, all these things were going, but when, when he was, he could not take it any longer because his father, when the sins were placed upon him, God could no longer look at his son. He had to turn his back on his son that never, ever knew what it was felt like to be separated from his father. And at this moment, he paid for the sins and bringing a crushing blow to the camp of the enemy, totally destroying and totally paying for every sin that was ever committed and paying for every sin that was being committed and paying for every sin that ever would be committed because he made righteousness enter back in. Holy Spirit now had accessibility. Accessibility was granted to Holy Spirit to come into the lives of humanity again and we were allowed accessibility to the father again because of the precious shed blood of jesus christ my god my god my god if you can't get excited about that I don't know. You, we need to bring in a, a resuscitator. We need to bring the paddles in. Uh, uh, clear. Ah. And you come back to life, ladies and gentlemen. Come back to the life of the gospel of the good news that Jesus paid the price. He paid so that the symbolically of your hands, anytime you have abused anybody, either sexually or you physically abused somebody or you stole something, I want to tell you there is healing for for you there's clean you can go now with clean hands you can accept the payment that Jesus said you cannot go to God unless you have clean hands and a pure heart now you need to receive your clean hands today Woo! glory be to God I release faith to receive clean hands today and he paid sim symbolically and prophetically and actually he paid uh, that your for the 
every time that you would walk somewhere, like I said earlier, where you should never have walked. You walked into that house and, and you had an affair. You, you, you had an affair with this woman or you had an affair with this man. You walked into these places where you were trespassing upon somewhere else and you, and you stole something. I want to say that you, your sins can't, are, are forgiven. You need to receive the forgiveness of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are no longer held in the grip of what you've done with your own hands and your own feet because Jesus paid the price with his precious blood. The blood was shed right on Calvary, right on the place of the skull, right on the hill called Golgotha, the place where Goliath of God's head was was buried in the side of the hill and the heel of the seed of Eve came down on the head of the enemy and we have been returned into the kingdom of the son of his love once again by the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. My God. Okay, I got to move along because I got to I got to do the seventh place here. But I, I pray that you receive your redemption today, that you have faith that your hands can be purified. You have faith that your the, the trackings of the enemy, he can now there, no longer, when you apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your trail, where you, you've walked in, and the enemy's been able to track you and there've been familiar spirits. And there's, there's um, at least, I think about 30 people right now, you, you have been, you've been harassed by a demon. You've been harassed by a familiar spirit that's been able to follow your tracks and you need to plead the blood. I said the blood of, you need to say this right out loud, even today, the blood of Jesus Christ, he, he received wounds in his feet and he paid a price and he bled from his feet so that the enemy could not track me any longer. He can't hunt me down. He can't find me anymore. I'm hidden in the blood. I'm hidden in the anointed one and his anointing because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm in the hidden place. I'm in the pavilion of his protection. I'm in the secret place of the most high. The enemy can no longer find me because the payment has been made in full. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to turn right now to the seventh place where Jesus bled, John chapter 19, verses 31 through 37. I'm just going to read that quickly. Therefore, because it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was high day. And the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. And the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and, and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. And that's a, that's a fulfillment of a prophecy right there. But because it says not one of, of his bones will be broken. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has been, uh, has seen, has testified and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says they, they shall look on him whom they pierce. So the word crucifixion comes from, like I said earlier, cross asphyxiation. Death often occurred during crucifixion was due to asphyxiation. 
This simply means that the person is unable to breathe enough oxygen to survive. Crucifixion victims typically had to pull their weight up with their hands or their wrists that they're nailed, um, that they're nailed to the cross beam, along with pushing up with their feet or ankles uh, that had another nail through them. Over time, the ability to push up to breathe would end and the oxygen flow would be restricted. The asphyxiation can also result in a buildup of fluid around the heart, bringing, and that's the reason why the, the water came out when they stabbed him in the heart. So your heart, and, and uh, I think it's Jeremiah uh, 17, 9, I believe it is. It says that the heart is desperately wicked uh, above all things, and who can know it? That's who you were, but Jesus paid, when they pierced his heart and blood and water came out, he paid the price for you to have a brand new heart. I will put a heart of flesh. I will put a brand new heart. You, Your spirit, so this is just representative. This is not actually your physical heart. This is the heart of the matter. This is the who you really are, That your spirit. See, he died that your spirit, because we are a spirit, we live in a body, and we possess a soul. It's really important to understand that you are a spirit. So when you got born again, your spirit when you got born from above, rather, it's they say again, but it actually the correct transliteration is born from above. So you are born in the blood. You were born, you had the blood of man pumping, and then you were born of the spirit. There is, because he, he received the, that piercing and the blood payment, now the spirit of the living God has accessibility to come into your heart and recreate you brand new. Now you have become a brand new creation. Wow, what a place to end this, at the place of the new creation. And this is where I want to go into, I want to talk to you about the brand new creation in who you are. Who are you as a son or daughter of God? You are a new creation. And this is what Jesus paid for at his death. He paid for your salvation and you are no longer, your heart is no longer deceitful and wicked. The actual correct Translation is incurably sick. Your heart was incurably sick. And, and what you can't heal, you cannot, uh, you know, make a, an incurable anything. You cannot bring it back to health. It's incurably sick. The spirit of man was incurably sick at the fall. But Jesus Christ paid the price for righteousness to enter back in. And now, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you have become a new creation. All things are washed away, and all things are made brand new. The enemy cannot find you because you're no longer underneath the lineage of Adam. You are now underneath the, the lineage of Jesus Christ. You are the, the many brethren and the many cistern of the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn. He was the he was the second Adam, and there's only been two Adams. He was the second Adam, but he was also the last Adam that would die and, and shed his blood, sacrifice his body for full accessibility for the kingdom of God, for the spirit of the living God to come into your life. Can you say amen? And I receive that today. So these are the seven places that, it, that caused you to have 
uh, accessibility granted. Every area, ladies and gentlemen, has been paid for in your life. Jesus paid the price. And these are the prophetic symbols that he used to show you how free you are. Hallelujah. I bless you today. And I just pray right now, if you're listening and you have not made Jesus Lord of your life and you have not received the payment of that Jesus shed with his blood and body sacrifice, I want to let you know today, this is the day of salvation. Please let me know, Fred. Please let me know, Bob. Please let me know, Susie. Please let me know, ladies and gentlemen, if you have given your heart to the Lord today. I want you to just say this simple prayer that's going to begin your, begin your journey. Say, Father, Father God, I receive the payment of the blood of Jesus Christ. I receive by faith, and I believe by faith that Jesus caused righteousness to come back in. And I receive the workings of the blood of Jesus Christ, the payment of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm asking today, Forgive me, Lord God, for my sins. Forgive me, and I welcome right now Holy Spirit to come across that bloodline and come into my spirit and recreate me and make me a new creation. I pray this today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, please contact me at uh, barrymiracle.ca or wakeupintoyourdream.com. Uh, write me an email if you want, but you can write an email there. So I'll just leave it at that. Go to barrymiracle.ca, write me an email, and let me know. Let me. I will send you my book free of charge, and I'll also send you a Bible uh, if you don't have one. But get into the Word. Begin, begin in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, my grandfather would say, start with St. John, the book of love, and you begin to understand what Jesus did for you. But get, stay in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John until you get a good template of who Jesus is. And through the template of Jesus, you will filter everything else through. I love you guys. Please, if, you, if you're enjoying this series, if you could sow a seed into our ministry at Take Charge Ministries uh, at the same uh, website, uh, www.barrymiracle.ca. Uh, you can you can sow a seed there, and we can continue to, to do the ministry and continue to do these podcasts, podcasts, and and continue to spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that uh, we can live the ascended life because of accessibility granted. I love you all, and and until next week. God bless you and welcome this PS welcome to the month of miracles. God told me that May will be a month of miracles. Look for your miracle. Look for the things that have been trying to delay your answer and, de and delay the solution and receive uh, uh, all this month of May, uh, the month of miracles. So exciting. Receive your miracle and deliverance this month. In Jesus name. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. 
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.